0: Do you guys like Hotline Monday? Do you like shows on the Frog Pants Network? You do. Well, good because there's a way for you to support that sort of thing and listen to even more of it. Head on over to Patreon.com/FrogPants and consider giving today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. This is Hotline Monday for the Tuesday. (laughs) Hotline Monday, Tuesday for February 7th, 2017, with uh, me, Scott Johnson, and Justin Robert Young. Hi, Justin. Well, hello, Scott. How are you? Good, man. It's a day late, but not a dollar short. We can still take calls today. We can still talk about fascinating, interesting things. Uh, It just, we had a little outage yesterday. So, sorry, everybody. It's Hotline Tuesday. But- you want
1: to know what I was actually listening to a podcast by Bill Simmons yeah. who had a show on HBO called Any Given Wednesday, and it got canceled. And he was like, "The dumbest thing I might have ever done was naming my show with a a day of the week mm. in the title, yeah. because that way we could never move it, even if it what if it didn't work on that day." Mm. Uh, and I was like, "Man, <laughs> what an idiot <laughs> who would ever name their show?" <laughs> With a,
0: oh oh, 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 oh. But I don't mind calling it Hotline Monday, Tuesday. I think
1: it's a great fine. name. I mm-hmm. mean, there's nothing wrong with the name here, Scott. Uh-huh. It, you, know, it, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, hey, what if it happens on Tuesday, right? What if it happens on Wednesday? It's all fine. Right. It's the same thing. It'll be Hotline Monday, even if it happened on Sunday. Uh, Scott, we're going to be talking about the books and the comics and, and and all the literary pursuits for which deserve worthy adaptations and whether or not you would prefer them to be movies or television but i want i want to talk to you about something else real quick okay
0: lay it out what do you got i want
1: people, I want people to be able to um to 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 buzz in on this and call in uh, uh at their whim
0: flop <laughs> your fleshy meaty pe- uh, uh appendage on the table and let's have a look at it what do you got what's what's your status on uh on big lunches <laughs> all right hot take on big lunches
1: yeah. Well, hey. I mean, because like, all right, full disclosure, I had a like my my normal pattern when I'm here at home is a fairly light breakfast, usually a breakfast sandwich of some kind. Yeah. Gigantic lunch of salad, just all the raw vegetables, maybe a little oil, of vinegar, salt, pepper. Right. Yeah. Uh, just gorge myself on on primarily raw vegetables and then a very light dinner, All right. you know, just uh, and then and that'll be it. But I've been off that diet for like two weeks now. I just ate this massive salad, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I feel like I'm on peyote. Like I'm just I'm going crazy. I'm on in another dimension here, Scott. I feel like I'm gonna derail the goddamn show just by talking That's about. That's fine.
0: Salad. Look, it's fine. It's all we are. What you've done is healthy, but what you've also done is supercharged your uh, uh, I don't know your your protein receptors or something, and made it so that you're perhaps um you know a little high on the food and it's okay like it's better that you ate that than if you ate you know a big bready uh giant burrito or something because that'll just put you to sleep it'll have the kind of the opposite effect at least you're kind of tripping out and not you know falling over dead sleeping right Wouldn't Sure,
1: you- but i do feel like this has been a thing like right now i'm on a more healthy kick than i have been in previous incarnations of my lifestyle but uh in, i feel like i've always been predicated on a large lunch Like I feel like a large lunch has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember food. Where
0: is your biggest meal? Where does your biggest meal come in? So what you're doing, I think, is the right thing. So just for the record, I think if you're to ask experts, they say moderate breakfast, get yourself some carbs, get your day going, have a big lunch and have a small dinner. That's I think is generally speaking kind of the way to go. I do it this way get yeah. up have maybe a piece of toast maybe a chai tea if kim's around there might be an egg and bacon in there somewhere but sure. if it's if i'm left to my own devices it's like a handful of cereal and then i go down to do a show light though yeah light not too crazy i don't go nuts yeah. and like heavy breakfast is for crazy people and british people so that's what they get uh lunch i will it'll vary but for the most part it's not too huge i wouldn't call it a a big lunch i just say it's sort of i don't know Average, like maybe what's a,
1: a what's a, what's a, what's an average lunchy poo for old Scott J? Uh, like a
0: like a like a burger, maybe. Um, uh, just, uh, try to avoid those fries there, but you know, uh, caloric intake wise, maybe maybe a six hundred calorie meal. That's
1: where, that's where you're pulling pulling the weight, right? You like know. that's that's where it all goes down. It's all happening, not at the zoo, as Paul Simon Saying <laughs> but rather at Scott's lunch.
0: Right, but then this is where I screw up. So if I ended there, that'd be great. Or if I went on to the evening and just said, oh, I'll have like a light dinner, that'd be great.
1: As as the slim fast shake implored you, a sensible dinner.
0: Yeah. And that didn't happen. What happens to me almost daily and it's nobody else's fault. Like Kim's really big on making dinner for everybody. So she'll make something super good and we'll all love it. But it'll be a lot of it. And I will not just stop at the one serving. I'll want more. For whatever reason, I'm more hungry then. I feel like I can just keep going then. I can sleep it off in my head is what I'm thinking. That's how I'm justifying it. And then later...
1: (laughs) Has that ever been a thing in, like... (laughs) Any dietary lexicon. Oh no, don't worry. You can just sleep it off.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know why. It just feels like i oh, by morning I will I will won't regret what I'm doing as much or I mean, something. It's
1: not a fifth of gin, you know. It's not <laughs> like it just is gonna process and be done.
0: Yeah. That's a fair point. But then the other problem comes in at about eight thirty or nine, because we'll eat at like six thirty or something. Uh and at eight thirty or nine I get peckish again and I want to eat something so then I start making poor choices like I'll eat a donut because there's one there or I'll eat a half a leftover pizza that got delivered four days ago or
1: oh so you're 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 the the late night snacker
0: I tend to be now all that being said if you've ever seen me I'm not like a big fat guy or anything but I have put on 12 pounds since December so well
1: also you're a taller guy yeah stretches out More there's more place to hide it
0: yeah you know, it, it stretches uh, way out so what would what would be a rotund uh you know uh i'm trying to think of a good comparison here without offending anybody but let's say just you know like a a big round five ball, fat person yeah a, a round five foot eight guy yeah if you stretch him out to six four he doesn't seem round anymore let's put no. it that way no yeah yeah so uh i would i would much rather be at my fighting weight which in 2015 most of 2015 and almost all of 2016 was at about 200. That's what I'm supposed yeah, to be.
1: Too skinny, though. To be fair, too skinny, <laughs> in my opinion. It was. It was like, let me make sure that Scott's okay.
0: Skinny. <laughs> yeah, some people said that. I didn't ever. I felt pretty good, so I didn't feel like it was bad. But um, I
1: think. Well, it was also because at the time you were we were talking, and like every fourth conversation I had with you was like, "Yeah, like bad day with the guts," it <laughs> <laughs> was like. That's all I'll get from Scott. And I don't know, like all I can imagine is like what in your in your genteel Utah vernacular, like that means. Like it's not just like, man, I've been pooping so much, I think my left eyeball fell out of my butt. Like like it was never that. It's like, oh, bad day with the guts.
0: Yeah. Bad day with the guts usually meant uh that I was making poor eating decisions. But back then I was just being smarter about what I ate. Now I feel like I just don't give a crap. I'm like you give me a half a pizza and I'd say, thank you. May I have another like, New level Scott? I'm just being dumb. So
1: You're, you should get a leather jacket and have spikes on the <laughs> shoulders. and Just be like, I do what I want
0: now. <laughs> I'm all, Okay. That's a good idea. And also this isn't a bad transition because, um, you may recall the somewhat fa- uh, famous novel, very strange novel called naked lunch was made into a film. Uh, speaking of lunches, that wasn't a very good movie. And so you and I were talking over the last couple of days about this idea of what or what books have yet to have been touched, be they classics or more recent, that uh, that deserve a quality uh, attempt in either film or TV. I I, I think TV would be a fine choice for a lot of the books I like. Yeah. Um, And uh, we want to hear from you guys at home as well. Call us 801-895-4724. That's 801-895-4724. It's right there on the screen. Everybody watching live. And if you're listening live or somewhere else, you can uh, just have that number, 801-895-4724. So for the longest time, yeah. mine, the the great, the, the holy hand grenade of books to movies or books to television was the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. And now that's happening. Yeah. So I feel like in a weird way, I pushed and pulled for that for so long and was so excited when something would get announced and then it would get canceled and then a new version of somebody else new producer and then it would get canceled and get pushed to somebody else this actor now that actor whatever it went on so long that i feel like i focused all my attention on i need a world where the dark tower is a movie or a series of television and now it's finally happening and i feel like i kind of neglected all the other good stuff that should also be uh you know made into film so in a weird way, it was my it's like my golden goose, but the golden yeah. goose is about to hatch. It's gonna be great, I hope. Okay. So let's get into some of this anxiety though. Yeah. Because I
1: feel like happy adaptations. Oh, by the way, all right, just so you know, there's gonna be a point in which I'm gonna uh have to leave for a second. <laughs> because and this is just, I'm gonna sound like such a piece of dog shit, but our our maids
0: are here. Your maids are here? You have yeah. made wait, not just maid, but maids? Well it's like a service then. It's a service. You don't have just like a lady. Well hold on. Let's we'll start off with a fresh call here. Hi, who's this? Hey, Scott, and Josephine. And I am sci fi. Hey man, it's always good to hear from I Am Sci Fi. What's going on?
1: Uh not too
2: much. Uh currently on a Q train on my way to see a show that Ghost in a Shell at the Alma Draft House.
0: Oh, nice. The anime then. Not not some preview yes. of the film. Okay, good. All right.
2: Yeah, no, they're, they're bringing it back in theaters. The uh, maybe good, maybe bad movies is going to be out.
0: So it's interesting. Uh, before you get to your question, or before you tell us your your booked a movie thing, it's interesting that that is a a whole other category where we're talking about. And I don't know was Ghost in the Shell based on a manga of some sort? I don't actually know that it was. Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah, it was. Origi- it was. Origi- it was. A, I think it was. A, I'm pretty sure it was originally a manga, and that made it into a movie, not the, not the not the other way around.
0: Okay, so you had manga. In in our in our world, we'll assume this is all true. Manga, then anime, very popular, and now fi- finally an attempt at a feature film. Um, right, that's a lot like what we're talking about tonight. Interestingly enough, anyway, I'd love to hear your uh, your take. What do you think needs to be uh, made?
2: So there's a there's a book that I read somewhat recently called uh, "The Rest of Us Just Live Here" by uh, Patrick Ness, hmm. uh, and it's a it's a it's basically a story about everyone else. In what would be the main story, like you know, there, there's all these like superpower people and like gods running around, and then there's the group of people that we're following. Oh,
3: so, interesting. Like, yeah.
2: yeah, like the school, the school gets blown up, and they're like, oh, the, I guess the indie kids pull up the school again. Let's go get, let's go get ice cream.
3: Oh
0: wow, really? So they just tell the stories around the events as if uh, here's all the bystanders' points of view. Is what is what this is? Essentially,
2: yeah, and, and, and not even just that. Like, I mean, there's whole other stories going on with these kids that don't necessarily have powers but the main character's best friend is also half god
0: okay that's interesting so justin uh reminds me of a comic called gotham central which was a dc comic series that was all about the police department in gotham and very little to do with batman or his major supervillains it was mostly like procedural like crime
1: cr- crime in a world where superheroes exist
0: yeah basically and and they would occasionally have run-ins like uh mr freeze makes an a it makes an appearance early on and a cop gets killed in a, in a confrontation with him but it's mostly about uh freaking batman i wish you would just stay out of our stuff because we can't get work done and this is sort of po it's supposed to be set sort of post post corruption gotham like they've cleaned things up the head of the entire thing now is jim gordon Uh, everyone's answerable to him and they tell these really great character stories from all these points of view that are really just you know there's a serial killer on the loose and and we're going after and when Batman does show up and it's rare he's not even really in it at all hardly but when he does it's annoying it's like he's just this uh, freaking always messing up our work like why why should we be motivated to to do good work when when he shows up and just you know d- does unilateral decision making and then all our six months of investigative work goes out the window like that kind of thinking is really interesting to me and i, w- I always wish gotham was that and it's not gotham's all right for what it is but is it's, it it's not this that's eh, okay it's not the worst thing you're gonna see on tv that's fair right it is kind of muppet babyy <laughs> right i never it's thought of, of it of that muppet muppet babies way babies in it <laughs> i never thought of that so, wait, 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 wait. So, like, young Kermit is the same as young Bruce Wayne, that sort of thing? Is that well, it's the- just a
1: lot of, like, oh, man, look at their, like, the thing that I know of otherwise. Like, I I, <laughs> I I guess I am, I am frustrated in that they are constantly revolving their stories around this settled IP that kind of, they constantly have to make a reason why it's like, okay, well, uh cat, cat girl is eleven like Bruce Wayne is, but like the Jokers 23 and the <laughs> Penguin, and they've all been there forever. Yeah. And like they're all do it. Like it's like, I don't know, make your own villains. Like that's I liked it. Didn't uh they had like Jada Pinkett in there in the first season, and she was just like random
0: bad bitch baddie, right? Yeah, and she was she in my opinion, set herself apart. From everything else because it was unique and it didn't require a bunch of nostalgia. Are you going, (laughs) I I
1: saw like I I have a full uh, disclosure I don't watch the show, but I do see the trailers and everything, and I saw like this gigantic. Like nine minute trailer that I think not only uh, uh, recap the entire season, but also gave away everything that happened in the finale that it was advertising for. <laughs> but it's like, ah, oh, geez. All right. So the Joker and he's there and he rips off a face and then he has another face, but he's dead. and Yada, yeah. yada, yada. And yeah. it's just like
0: it's what? a little it's like Smallville without the charm in a lot of ways like it's and, and and some people don't like smallville for the same reasons but it's this rewriting of early dc history but doing it in a modern time and and making all these winks and nods towards things we know are supposed to happen like jokers and riddlers and and all that it's not what it could have been what it could have been was gotham central which is really brilliant and i encourage oh, wait, let, me, anyone. Let,
1: let me just get to this larger idea of of adaptation yeah I feel like there are only two successful points in which adaptations are enjoyable to us as fans. All right. A, this movie has not been made and we are upset that this movie has not been made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every time that there was a super crappy, the, you know, sword and spells kind of thing, a Lord of the Rings fan could be like, what's garbage? I don't know why they just don't do Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is the best. Right. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, you get to the second stage which is successful adaptation. It comes out, it at least captures the spirit of the original. If not going note for note, you can always say, well, you know, I wish they would have kept this character and not combined these two scenes and made it the mask of, of Needle instead of the <laughs> pearl of Jeeble G. Uh, but that's fine. At the end of the day, it was, it got me into the same mode uh, as what I love about this uh, base text. I'm excited. Everything else is either perilous or not fun. <laughs> like, it getting adapted, perilous. Uh, it, it getting announced with the talent around it, not fun. It, everything is pins and needles until you actually see it and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Dark Tower is looming for me. Like, in a way, that's my, most, that's my favorite book series of all time. Yeah. I love it so much, despite its huge flaws. I love it, and I want it to be great. And it's been through so many hands and so many attempts, that they have got their work cut out for them. If they can pull yeah. this off, uh, all hail to who, everyone involved. The um, Pearl
1: of Jibble G starring Vin Diesel coming out.
0: <laughs> I like the mask of Jibble Job, honestly. That's Beetle Bop, I yeah, think. It's yeah, the mask of Beetle Bop. Beetle Bop, uh, even better. Uh, we got a caller coming in. Let's find out who this is. Hi, you're on the air.
3: Hey, this is uh, Andy, uh, Widget33 from the chat.
0: Hey, Andy, what's, what's going up? on? Hey, man.
3: What's up? Hey, I got two for you. Actually, uh, the one, the comic that I would like to see is a TV series. This is the Wicked and the Divine, mm. and maybe the uh, the Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King is a book.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good. That'd be a good one. Um, All right,
3: wait, here,
1: tell me because I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know either of them. So, so give me, give me the, give me the elevator pitch on the first one.
3: Okay, the Wicked and the Divine is the uh, different you know gods of mythology come down and they take over the body of. Uh, a single person, and they give them fame and fortune for I think it's a year or two years, and then they have to die at that point. Mm. This is a story of each one as they come down, and I, I don't believe the comic's done and it's run yet, but uh, that one's pretty good.
0: So each one of each one of these gods come down, and they take a host, and then they have this short amount of time, and then and then that's it, right? Yeah. Okay. That sounds a lot like God's uh, American Gods. Have you read that book? The um
1: the Neil Gaiman. Neil
0: Gaiman book. Oh, that and there's another I, one. I have not read that. And that is currently being adapted. Like that show comes out on stars. What and like
1: I I, there's there's like trailers and stuff out for it.
0: Yeah, I want to say it's in the next little bit. It's the it's the showrunner from Pushing Daisies and would be new Star Trek show. Although he's not doing that now, but um, that's looking really great. And that sounds a lot like this. It's except the difference is it's Norse gods. I don't want to give too much away because that book is absolutely worth reading. By the way, yeah. it's awesome. Uh, Norse gods led by, uh, Odin, not really led by anybody. All these gods exist around us, but the, but because we don't believe in them anymore, rather than like the height of their mythology, they don't, they lose their power and we don't believe in them. So they're just kind so this of around. Is, it,
1: this is American gods or wicked in the divine?
0: American American gods. It just sounds like a very that those two plots sound right. like they're similar, yeah. except one difference in the in the you know that one different plot point.
1: Apparently, I am sci-fi is saying the wicked and divine. They're always eighteen.
0: Oh, is that the deal?
1: I mean, geez, I mean that sounds like yeah, they're, always, they're always they always <laughs> younger
3: ones, and they like I said, they all they give them like fame and fortune, and like they make them, uh, you know, like singers or super popular, and they bring them up really high, in, in the status they can bring them down from you know they weren't anybody and now the entire world knows who they are
1: so what is so what oh, i think that's so that's a little bit more of a meditation on kind of fame and adoration and mm-hmm. and uh you know the 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 great and terrible of that right yeah
0: the fleetingness right. the fleetingness of fame that would be interesting sounds like a tv project to me like that would be well yeah. suited to television explain the stephen king book for uh, for justin and anyone else who doesn't know about that book
3: uh the eyes of the dragon is about uh one of the pr- a prince and Basically his his dad is killed by a wizard and they blame it on the prince and he has to go through a long journey and his brother's ruling the whole time with the wizard kind of as his, his backstory and it's just how he goes through and comes back to really kinda bring it all around and, and bring it into being back to where it should be justified, I guess.
0: So every time I hear about one of these books or one of these ideas or any of these comics, I my first thought is, oh that'd be a good movie and then my brain goes these should just be TV shows. Like I want. You're reminding me that that book is 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 awesome, but deserves more than two hours. You know, does like, it? Did I think they do sometimes? Like
1: sometimes, s- but does it? <laughs> no. So, I feel like a lot of these stories, man. Like you just give me the best two hours. Like yes. Uh, if we were going to re- get every piece of this buffalo on the table, then yeah, you know, three hours as a mini series, something like that. Mm. And now we're in an era when that is probably more p- palatable than ever.
0: How about because- a, a, a ten-part, uh, the um, uh, the People versus OJ Simpson style one-off? type of arrangement that works for yeah. me too Oh, i
1: think that's that's probably the way to go now i mean you're probably gonna get the best casting mm-hmm. right
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh you're you're gonna get someone's gonna pay for it hulu or amazon or uh, uh you know the, the clorox bleach uh subscription <laughs> network of fine <laughs> programming they're gonna they're gonna pony up the cash yeah uh, so i think now now is now is the time somebody mentioned in their lock and key
0: oh so Lock and Key, I know something about this. Lock and Key, which I've read, is amazing. It's Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. A lot of Stephen King today. Yeah. Um, Joe Hill is a, is pretty brilliant in his own right. And his Lock and Key series, the comic, uh, is amazing. Like, really, really well done. Incredibly well done. And that thing has been in development hell on and off for a very long time. For a while, it was a film uh, with sequels planned. And then it got canned. And then it was a television series that I want to say a pilot was made. And some people have seen this pilot. And it was promising, but the network chickened out and they didn't do it. Um, it w- It is prime real estate for what we're talking about. It would be well, excellent.
1: Especially in a post-Stranger Things world.
0: Very right? much so. Yep. This is like Stranger Things, just a little more hardcore, a little more violent, a little more adult. in a
1: haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. So more ghosts than aliens. Yeah, you know, but
0: it's different. It's not just a ghost tale. Oh, it's hard to explain. It's so good, though. Oh, my gosh. That's a great one that they bring, it's a ghost they bring up. Tale. It's a haunted house story. It is, but it's... It is, but it isn't. I mean, they don't do all the same tropes, is what I'm saying. Like, the, when you say it's a haunted house story, I think of, oh, don't go in there, and the doorknob's moving. I mean, it's not like that. It's different. There's, like, a whole universe There's around ghosts it. ghosts jumping in and out of people's <laughs> But there's a really great serial killer kind of thing, deformed face guy stuff. Um, oh, sure. oh yeah, no, you're right. Serial killers have
1: no place in haunted house <laughs> stories, Scott. I realize what I, you're I, saying. I don't, that, I don't. I don't mean that to be dismissive. And and I wound up dropping out of Lock and Key because I got a little frustrated with it. But uh, you know, everything that I read up to, I very much enjoyed. And in fact, I enjoyed it so much is why I got so frustrated. Uh, but I do think that's something that deserves that deserves to be. A uh, that deserves to be a TV show yeah. because I, I I do think that there's a there's some evergreen world building that you can tell in in that universe that Joe Hill made yeah. where you know you can always like I I almost think the finite element of what the story he was telling. Made me frustrated because, uh, uh, plot-wise, they were pushing things into places that frustrated me. Whereas in a in a TV show, you can just tell. Again, it's about a, a crazy haunted house. It's been there forever and has all these different stories and it, it, all the all the mythology is built on these different generations that have uh, uh, been been impacted by it and everything. So it's like yeah. you can get a little bit of that uh, that preacher sort of vibe. Oh where, right,
0: yeah. How, did, know, that, now how did that, that do for AMC? Is that still in? Well, let me. Is there a season two coming? Like, where is that?
1: Yeah, no, season two okay. with with now the the Oscar nominated uh, Ruth Negga.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. So, so, yeah, so no, that, okay, that,
1: that that was an adaptation that I was very worried about because I love Preacher. Yeah, I imagine that's uh, one of your favorites. And uh, I was very worried that it was gonna suck, yeah. and and all the pre like commercials and everything. I was just like, Oh geez, just going to be like walking dead. And and they're just going to like focus on all the creepy, spooky stuff. And they're not going to get any of the humor. Like, but that nailed so much of the, like just the, 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 the duality of like, you know, Texas is the, the reason for and solution to the world's problems, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, which is, so much of what preacher is all about i
0: enjoyed the comic a lot but are, where are you just as a little side note where are you with garth ennis generally speaking do you feel pretty good about most of his work or a preacher only kind of guy like i feel like he is um he sometimes is just so nihilistic that i can't enjoy his comics but i really like preacher so i don't know what the difference is but um, i
1: think comics in general tend to be a very indulgent medium mm. for the geniuses of the profession and you know grant morrison and and um his oh, name Moore. is blanking on me Alan the, Moore. the guy who did uh sin city and and uh oh uh, oh,
0: oh um the, the the he's uh all right-wingy now i can't think of his name all of a sudden either super what? famous uh, right 300 uh ronan um yeah. him <laughs> frank miller frank miller robocop 2 there you go
1: uh (laughs) i i I tend to think that you gotta cherry pick the best of their work because sometimes you just get a little bit too far into these guys heads and sometimes it's it's not because no one's going to tell them there's no studio head there's no head of the comic book company that's going to be like Hey, Frank Miller, can we kind of tone down the just blanket misogyny here? Like, you know, I think you got a really good crime story that we could really sink our teeth into if literally everyone who does anything wrong isn't just a villainous dame flashing her puss around, you know? Like... (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe, maybe we could do that instead. And he's like, well, no one's going to tell him that because he's Frank Miller and they, and, and, and in the economics of that business, nobody should. So it's the same thing with like, Hey, Grant Morrison, maybe everything shouldn't be a hyper dimensional portal in the, the ashtray of a one hitter, you know, like, uh uh you know and, and the same thing with with, with ns in general where I, I think sometimes you're right it can get a little night
0: it gets a little heavy uh i want to talk about a very specific series that hasn't yet made it to any sort of screen we'll get to that after this call though hi who's this hey it's tvz gone hey man what's up what up hey not not too much just uh you know biting in a little bit of uh time here at work but uh you Good. know gotta do it for the monday tuesday That's what I'm saying. anyways um uh, I would really uh, like to see a, a famous book turned into a movie. Um, it's uh, by Robert Heinlein. It's called Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, you'd like to see a proper one made, is that what you're saying to me? I, I would, I would, I would really enjoy that. Like you know, <laughs> obviously everybody, everybody loves loves you know Doogie dressed up as like a, a German uh, officer from World War II and and things like that. But yeah. one that actually goes into the actual depth of you know contemplation of of you know themes and 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 uh you know rights of man and and things along those lines that heinlein actually put in the original book that yeah. never actually made it into the exciting <clears throat> sports ball and 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 shower scene filled extravaganza that we had i think you've got an opinion about how that movie turned out in 1996 well, or... I
1: mean, and here's the funny thing is i don't i don't disagree with you tv but i it is that's one of my favorite Paul Verhoeven
0: well okay let's talk about verhoeven movies for a second it
1: is it is is a great verhoeven movie but i don't think it is a great adaptation right like i think that movie can be
0: both sure but but you can say that about a lot of his adaptations like like um uh, total recall uh philip k dick movie well book original book short story whatever it was turned into this like hollywood thing that is very verhoeven like it's got verhoeven smeared all over it yes um when you hire him to direct your movie, you kind of know what you're getting into. And I feel like, I feel like in, a, in a way, in 1990 whatever, if you're sitting around a, a meeting room in, in Warner Brothers or something going, man, how do we take something like the venerable Heinlein work of, of that movie and how do we turn that into Starship Troopers that, that we will get our money back from? And I think somebody raises their hand and says, Paul Verhoeven. Because he'll make this thing weird and mainstream in a way, but still retain whatever. And you can argue whether he did it or not, or succeeded or failed, but it is definitely a Verhoeven movie. It's got his stamp right on a big German stamp that says Verhoeven. And there's no getting around it. Um, he does that with all of his adaptations, but the, the problem with him is, his adaptations feel like his other original work. Robocop was not an adaptation of something. No. But it, that's Verhoeven as shit. You know? Oh my
1: God. By the way, can we just, just take a second and look at this decade of Verhoeven? <laughs> 97 Robocop. Yep. 90 Total Recall. Yep. 92 Basic Instinct. Yep. 95 Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> 97 Starship Troopers. Yep. 10 years
0: of Verhoeven. When was uh, L- L- something man, Glimmer Man or whatever it was?
1: Hollow Man right after or that. Hollow Newcastle. Man
0: yeah that's what it was That
1: was in Kevin Bacon's please look at my penis (laughs) Uh, although he then did and I think this might be his best movie which is Black Book you ever seen Black Book no I
0: never saw Black Book
1: it's uh, (laughs) uh, take everything you know about Verhoeven yeah it is a a serious uh, high tension thriller set in Nazi Germany oh yeah Uh, look at that and it's really good Hmm. I enjoyed black book
0: yeah it's got good reviews and stuff i didn't even know about this is it in german is it all uh i think it's subtitled okay because these are all german actors so i wondered if that was the case
1: yeah people uh, like...
0: it's, it, it's about
1: jewish resistance in, in in nazi germany and at some point has a uh double agent uh bleaching her pubes with a toothbrush
0: <laughs> really
1: well, uh, sounds like yeah. a
0: very, sounds like a Verhoeven that's, movie to me. That's a fairly intense scene,
1: like <laughs> it, it, it's kind of affecting in a way that you wouldn't expect from a Paul Verhoeven uh, movie.
0: Wow, he's done a bunch of other stuff since, but none, none of it I've ever heard. Okay, so uh, the the series I think that I'm always surprised in a post Game of Thrones world, we still have not had an announcement of a series for. Yeah, is the Wheel of Time series. Why right. that's not like, a thing? Maybe it's because G G O T is way too large looming on the scene and you can't have another equally epic fantasy tale uh at the same time as that, maybe? Um Well, else... I mean, fantasy's hard,
1: right? Yeah. Like there it's hard to adapt, it's hard to budget for, it's hard to find the right actors for. Like there's there's a lot that kind of goes into it and Wheel of Time is something that I wouldn't be shocked happens after Game of Thrones. Mm. Like once Game of Thrones is gone and now people are looking to find the next thing, you know, and then maybe you cast some of the, you know, all of a sudden now the, 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 the main lead is, is uh, uh, you know, somebody who died in season three of Game of Thrones or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that, that would be that would be an interesting play.
0: Well, in uh, a <clears throat> quick update to this, April 28th, 2016. So just, uh, you know, not quite a year ago. Uh, TV rights to the Wheel of Time was optioned by a new studio with Jordan's estate approving it. So um, he's, he's passed on, obviously, but uh, they're, you know, his who, <clears throat> whoever owns all the rights to his stuff said, yeah, let's do it. Trying to see who it is. Yeah. Um, even it says in this article of course in the wake of the success of Game of Thrones considering the staggering amount of uh, fantasy and sci-fi properties have been option for TV and film lately absence of Will of Time has been eyebrow raising um or it says sniff producing I don't get it anyway uh let's see when does fx fx says maybe the studio doesn't actually say, it just hints that maybe fx is the one doing it is the one sniffing around? It's sniffing around, and I, what that means, and who knows what's happened since April? I, I, I don't know. But that seems, that seems.
1: If nothing's happened since April, then nothing's happened.
0: Pro- probably. And how many times do we hear about this? Oh, a thing got optioned, and then we hear nothing for yeah. six years or whatever. I mean, I feel like Dark Tower was caught That's in that. Literally,
1: realm. what development hell is? And by the way, you know, Preacher was something that was in development hell.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
1: For for a very 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 long time, you know, there uh uh, it was a movie. I mean, I, I remember. I remember back in the day when I was just a young pup looking at Ain't It Cool News talkback, seeing like makeup effects for face. Yeah. <laughs> like and 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 being like, oh wow, look at that! There's an arse Face thing.
0: Yeah, but do you think it, it's <clears throat> is it just a matter of when? It's not a matter of will or <clears throat> even money. It's when the market will bear it. So so it's the perfect time for a a. Um, a station like AMC who has already staked their claim in genre television in a way that's bigger than anybody else's right now with walking dead. They have proved that out. It's a comic property made hugely successful and TV sort of will bear more of this sort of darker stuff anyway, uh, in genre TV. So it just needs the right timing or could this happen anytime? What, you know, why not? Uh, I don't know the 1994 Roger Corman, uh, uh, Fantastic Four, why do we have to wait until 2005 for another one? Or why did it take so long for Lord of the Rings to really get done? Is it just because crowd technology and, and uh, computer-generated graphics and all that stuff had to be at a certain place to be able to pull off you know, these giant battles with orcs and stuff? P- probably, but I, I guess it's always fascinating to me that they take as long as they do. Because then when they finally hit, and they actually hit, like, meaning they're popular... We all lose our minds and we can't wait for more. And we're just like, gimme, 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 gimme. And we just want to eat it all up. Even, even movies that are, or shows that are a little half baked, like Westworld's not perfect in a lot of ways. Yeah. We've talked about it on the show. But even that, people were voracious for that. They just wanted more of it. Okay. Let, me, let me, all right. So let me ask you this What would you rather have?
1: An adaptation that you don't know where it's going to go, maybe right. good, maybe terrible. Right. Right. So run it through the Plinko machine of development and who gets attached and where it is on the schedule and whether or not the head of the network gets fired halfway through making it and now hates it and wants it to fail. like So that randomness or the ability to take back a bad adaptation, (laughs) just erase it from memory. (laughs) You can put a new one in play and create, but not be sure, or... For sure, Erase and Adaptation.
0: What would you prefer? Oh, man. I mean, immediately, uh, Last Airbender popped into my head. So you'd uh, want... That would be
1: on your Erase list.
0: It's on my Erase and Start Over list, for sure. I love I love that. that so you
1: are of the mind, and there, there is a psychological uh, a question to this. You are of the mind that you would... That a new version of Avatar The Last Airbender would be better if the... M Night Shyamalan version didn't exist.
0: Oh, that's an interesting twist on this question, which is ironic since we're talking about an M Night Shyamalan movie, because he always does twists. <laughs> gotcha. Got me. Um, they were an alien the whole time. No, I, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say maybe I changed my. Ugh. Oh. So
1: you'd rather send one into in, into send a new one into developmental scramble.
0: I don't know, like no I'd rather they'd be more confident about trying to get it right the next time okay so here's the example Spider-Man right you got Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2001 or whatever it was 2000 big hit Uh, people loved it whatever I don't think it holds up anyway whatever it was okay at the time Spider-Man 2 better than the original wow this is awesome got a whole franchise here going folks great Dr. Ock everything's good roll around to 3 in 2007 piece of shit garbage what happened they lost their way yeah back to the drawing board then they very quickly reboot it again in 20 what was it 11 yeah something like that uh then they and that was okay but it wasn't great then they did a sequel to that it was okay but not great in fact a lot less than great and now they're doing it all over again and i guess i'm i'd prefer they they do that than give up on it for long periods of time you know like i don't want to wait forever for it Okay, we're back. So I was just saying, I would rather them keep trying and get it right than not, than put it in hell for years. So like, start. Okay, like, that's is, not what I'm asking. Okay, I'm what you,
1: asking, create or destroy. Okay. What would you like to do? And you, and you don't know whether or not creation will end in a good thing, but you do know that destruction will erase uh, your least favorite adaptation of your most favorite work.
0: <laughs> All right, so erase and destroy, meaning it's never there again.
1: It's just you take the the men in black, like, uh, uh, uh beat pop right to everybody's mouth. <laughs> all
0: right. I didn't think of it that way. Um, oh, yeah, that's a very different question. So, so all, all right. of a
1: sudden, it's like, man, I really hope somebody makes Watchmen.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Well, I liked Watchmen, though. Um, all right. So, if rewatch it, it, it really, it's okay, right? <laughs> Everything
1: we should have known everything that was going to go wrong with batman versus superman years ago and i love Watchmen. i actually don't hate it uh, uh because i love Watchmen. the story so much that you know i would watch a a fifth grade play about yeah, Watchmen. right um but it's definitely not uh not not the best
0: okay Not maybe it's not what i remember i like I, I didn't like the big blue wiener but i don't know if that for well,
1: that's in the comics, man. You can't do a Watchmen story without the big blue wiener.
0: That's true. Big blue wiener is required. So, all right, I'm yeah, gonna. They,
1: I love that they made him put on a speedo when they sent him to Vietnam. They're just like, listen, we can't just have your dog hanging. Out
0: <laughs> so, if I get rid of, listen, if I get rid, let's stick. Let's stick with Airbender. If I get rid of Airbender, Airbender's gone. But that doesn't mean the source material's gone. No. Okay, then yes, I want to get rid of it.
1: More so than you would like to have Wheel of Time into production or have, uh, uh, have, you know, lock and key into production.
0: Um, well, can I, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive, can't those?
1: Yes. Two? In this, I, I, <laughs> I am putting a dark bargain in front of you. <laughs> All right. You will have, you will have it. It's fast tracked. Now you don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's fast tracked. It'll happen next year. Yeah. You're going to see it next year. All of a sudden we're going to get directors and actors and, Everything is going to be put together. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: Or a bad one can go away.
0: (laughs) Um, no, I'd rather have the new. Then I'd rather have the new stuff in production and just let that thing be what it is. That's that's, I mean, I don't, I want wheel of time. I want, you know, whatever. I want this new, I'm reading this book now called the Atlantis gene. It's awesome. Uh I love this book. It's great. It should totally be a TV show or a movie. I would rather know that that's being worked on or that, like, big successful things have come out of these recently. I love The Expanse, like, in unnatural ways, I love The Expanse. The Expanse is a great example of this, right? Worked out, is awesome, great book series, love reading that thing, very entertaining show, like, I don't, I don't want them to stop trying. I, still, I don't like your reality. Your, your false reality here is weird because I need both no. to happen.
1: Well, no, you don't need both to happen. Only one can happen, which is what we have to live with, which is the creation unlimited of everything. So my larger point with all of this is that we just have to understand that crappy adaptations are part of it, and we should always be making new adaptations, which is why I always get frustrated when people are like, oh, jeez. It was just three years when we did a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> it's like, no, that's what we always want. We always want a Spider-Man movie because if we stop making Spider-Man movies because we're tired of them, then we're going to not get a good
0: one. Yeah. Okay. I, point, I agree with this. But,
1: yeah. So here's. All right. Let me give you one that I think is surefire. This Sh- is surefire a hit.
0: You're saying surefire hit. hit or television show. Okay. All right. 100 bullets. You ever read it? Uh. Yes. That's a good, that's a really good uh, comic. Perfect
1: television show. Yeah. Because the conceit of 100 Bullets, for those of you who do not know, is that uh, it just starts off very simply. Right. Old man walks up to a random dude, says, Hey, I got this briefcase. Inside the briefcase is a gun with 100 bullets, they're totally untraceable. As long as you do not shoot, the person that you would like to shoot in front of a cop, we can get anything else off. Like we are connected on levels that are so deep. We can eliminate uh, a video footage. We can uh, make it seem like that person doesn't like that. He overdosed or whatever. Don't worry about covering it up. We can cover everything up. Uh, And also as a little cherry on top, go ahead and check that dossier in there. So you can find hard evidence that shows that this person is personally and maliciously responsible for ruining your life. <laughs> like down to the dirty, nitty gritty cell phone bank record. Uh, uh, and now you have to make a moral decision. Yeah. Do you end a life understanding that you are justified morally and it will have no consequence on you going forward aside from you knowing that you pulled the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Now this winds up spinning into an amazing mythology dealing with power and conspiracy. And it gets into this weird kind of like, you know, Roth. Oh. Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but you can always go back to those morality tales. Right. You always, they would always have those bottle bottles issues and in this way it'd be episodes where you just tell a random cool story where where these people are are around
0: you also have this really interesting um well as part of the conceit the this idea that there is a scarcity to these bullets (laughs) like you're gonna run out of these like eventually this story can have an ending because we have this like literally the quantity of bullets is 100 and that's interesting, too, and also gives you an out if you're making a TV show and say, I can spread this over, you know, a six season arc and be done with it, which would probably yeah. make, you know, a, a, a what am I trying to say? Like a, a cable company happy that they could work it that way.
1: Well, and I think if I remember correctly, it was bought for like Showtime and then just never wound up happening.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that sounds like a Showtime show to me. But it's a really good comic. I mean, comics continue to be ripe for this sort of thing. This is this is like where I want to see most of my adaptations come from. As much as I like books and stuff, and there's a lot that you can do there. There's so many comics, indie and uh, obscure and weird and stuff people have never heard of that would make incredible, um, you know, serialized TV or even you know, films if we had to. All right. So before we go, five your top five top five adaptations. Of a prior work to film or TV. All
1: right, uh, so I'm gonna go uh, Foundation. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Stranger in a Strange Land. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, Hundred Bullets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't, I don't know. We're we're starting, we're starting to get, we're starting to get a little thin off the top of the dome. Why don't you give me a couple? <laughs>
0: All right, for me, it's um, well, it was Dark Tower. That's the one that always comes to my mind. But they're doing it, so I need to calm down to see how that turns out. So that's the yeah. thing that's coming. So I don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, another Joe Hill work, uh, The Fireman. I think would be excellent. That would be a great movie. Doesn't need to be a series so much. Um, I'm gonna go with uh this thing I'm reading. I'm listening, reading right now, which I talked about before, which is the Atlantis Gene. Uh, that series is really cool so far. Um. Oh, I could say. Oh, jeez, what's that other book? Yeah, now I'm running out. Shit. Oh, Runaways. Oh, but that's being done. They're working on a Runaway series. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? That's it. You're right. Off the top of the dome, it's hard. All right.
1: Let me give you a nonfiction one.
0: Okay. Oh, and I'll say Wheel of Time because I think that should be made.
1: Uh, The Looming Tower. I think that this is this is a time for us to to kind of delve maybe back into, uh. uh a little bit of that 9/11 mm, uh, sure. uh, era. This is a, a story about not only radical Islam, but Al Qaeda in general. Uh, I think that that, in a in a post O.J. Simpson miniseries kind of way, there's there's a you could do kind of like an, a People Versus O.J. Simpson meets 24 kind of uh, uh, adaptation of of the Looming Tower. There's a lot of really big personalities involved. Uh, And it it is it is a a a very, very in-depth and interesting look into the formation of Al-Qaeda and how 9-11 went
0: down. All right. I'll be done with that. Um, The only other one I might suggest would be. Oh, and it just it just left me. I had it right before you said that. How
1: how about this? Give me give me a uh, give me something that that you you can never take back. The last airbender. But would that be
0: your give it another crack? Oh, I know Discworld. That's what I was going to say. The Discworld books, I want that. Oh, and Dune. And, but that's happening. We just got an announcement of a new Dune remake from um, uh, the director of uh, Sicario and uh, The Arrival. The um,
1: Arrival and and the new Blade Runner and yeah, everything. Very like he, Very
0: excited about that. That guy's your guy, yeah. I think. Um, but no, sorry. You asked. You uh, that came to my head right when you asked your question, and now I forgot your question.
1: What would what would 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 Airbender be your next? Uh, you're, you're like, all right, give it another go.
0: No, probably. Uh, you know what? Before that, I'd rather them retackle Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, I I don't dislike the movie that was made. I think it's fun and has its own reason to be a good attempt. But I feel like we are a little more confident now in this sort of stuff and that could even be a limited series. Like a ten episode thing for the first book, another ten gets renewed for the second book and so on. I would love to see uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy done again and done with um done by people who really, really love the source material. And I, and aren't afraid.
1: I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that it's fair to say that uh that that the initial crew didn't I mean the the the, the flavor of it felt uh, like people who loved the source material. I, I think the, the problem is, is that it it was of its era, which it's like they tried to make Hitchhikers, which is, yes, it's a story about the world ending, but really the world ending is this, just this kind of thing that happens in the same way that like, you know, a, a high school party is the most important thing in the world in a teen story. Yeah. Like the world ending just happens to be the catalyst of events in uh in, in in Hitchhiker's Guide and I think it wound up suffering from uh at some point somebody in the process is like well no we got to put the world back together mm-hmm. it's like no you don't like yeah. you, and and making that not to say that that was a terrible ending to the movie but making that the point of the movie I think misses the fact that no this is just about this is a story about Uh, a weird wild story about loneliness and finding out where you fit in in the universe.
0: Yeah. And, and and finding out that the universe is so big that what you thought was the most meaningful place in it it means nothing in the large picture. Like that's, that's the magic and the power and the depression and the greatness of that book is that it somehow makes you, you know, Douglas Adams makes you think about your very place (laughs) in the in the universe and how truly it's truly so much, tiny it is i mean
1: but like that's the problem about adapting hitchhiker's guide is that douglas adams's work are so much about the journey compared to the destination oh yeah for sure because you know, it's not like you can say with douglas adams that i mean there are cool plot elements but ultimately it's just great characters fumbling around and doing crazy stuff. And his writing is just so intoxicating that like you just wind up being fascinated by how these pieces are going to jumble together, which Mm -hmm. is harder to adapt because it's like, you know, how do you take that tone, you know, uh, without just completely copying it where, you know, it's not impossible. Look at what, uh, look what Fargo's done. You Mm -hmm. know, like you, you watch that show and you're like, wow, this is a Coen brothers, TV show, and yet it's not a Coen Brothers TV show.
0: Yeah, and now they're making a ten-episode western. Which, speaking of ten-episode limited runs, pretty excited about whatever the hell that's going to be. Some kind of Mm -hmm. anthology is all we know. Um, yes. So there you go, everybody. Uh, you know, if we haven't covered your book conversion, well, that's because you didn't call in. And if you didn't, it's okay, and call next week on whatever our topic is then. Uh, but we'll be back next Monday on a proper hotline Monday. None of this Tuesday garbage again. Uh, so come on back for that in the meantime we should probably plug a few things Justin anything you want to plug this week
1: yep twitch.tv slash Justin R Young follow me Justin R Young on Twitter Instagram and Snapchat
0: oh man look at you with all the prepared stuff I don't even know how to follow that up except to say hey thanks for being here and if you like the channel follow it and if you really like it you can subscribe to it and if you like both those things or do both those things boy you'll just be my favorite person ever Thank you all for listening. Frogpants.com recently got a complete design revamp. Go check it out. Tell me about any bugs you might see. Hopefully there aren't any. And in the meantime, between now and next week, Hotline Monday is our Twitter account. You can find Justin at Justin R. Young, me at Scott Johnson, and you can email the show at HotlineMonday at gmail.com. That will do it for us, for me, for Justin, and for all of you. We'll see you next time. See ya!